What's going on? You're welcome back to Conspiracy Fears and Mysteries. Again, I'm your host, Ralphie. Hope everybody had a great Christmas. Had a great Christmas. Today is the 27th of December, 2019. And I thought being in the spirit of Christmas, even though it just passed and New Year's is coming up, I'll bring you a brief, uh, kind of brief, brief, brief talk about 12 murders of Christmas that I got here from crimeinvestigation.com.co, I think, that UK. This is from, uh, yeah, crimeinvestigation.co.uk. You know, you would think the Christmas spirit that, <laughs> that actually, that, uh, there wouldn't be any of this, these things happening, but of course, humans were human. And believe it or not, Christmas being a, being a holiday of when you should be with family and there's a lot of love that's supposed to be given out on Christmas and all that stuff. It's actually a time when there's a lot of things happening, a lot of suicides and everything. When I was working in the jail, that's the that's that one of the holidays where probably the holiday where most uh, they we we always every time we went on a in our briefing, they were like it's the holiday, so we've got to really watch the inmates because you know they're incarcerated, they're not with their families, so you know they're feeling some type of way. And it's understandable they're not with their family and things like that. So people do get, you know, some kind of uh, feel some type of way. But let's go ahead and look at these 12 murders of Christmas. It's going to be real brief. I'm just reading over crime investigation so that uh, just to let you know about these murders, man, it's so crazy. So we will start for uh, number one and we'll work our way down to 12. A number one, a grim gift. Left Under the Christmas Tree, the title of this one. When 37-year-old Patty White offered down on her luck Michelle O'Dowd a place to stay over the festive period, Michelle was delighted at the Christmas spirit being shown to her. But White had an ulterior motive, one involving stealing all of her new housemate's credit cards, killing her, and leaving her among a trash Christmas tree to look like a bungled burglary. The scene was discovered by Michelle's twin brother, Phil, who went to check in on her after she failed to show for work there. Amongst a pile of wrapped Christmas presents, he saw his sister's foot. Patty White had been beaten and strangled. The 67-year-old... I'm sorry. Patty White had beaten and strangled the 67-year-old and left her among the gifts. She would receive a 45-year sentence from a South Carolina judge for her vile crime. So this 67-year-old lady decided to be, you know, in the Christmas spirit, be nice to um, to Miss Michelle O'Dowd and give her a place to stay on Christmas. I mean, just the other day I saw a man laying on the road, not dead, but, you, you know, a homeless man, and he wrote veteran, Army veteran, you know, Merry Christmas. And I, I felt bad, you know. But am I going to take somebody into my house just like that? Uh, me, no, probably not. But a 67-year-old lady lives by herself. She's probably like, you know, lived her whole life. Um, and she's probably like, oh, you know, let me... Not not probably. This is what she did. She said, let me give this person a place to stay. It's Christmas. You don't want to see anybody in Christmas just being by themselves in the street. or just, You know, probably cold where she was. But instead, um, it turned into Halloween. In that, I, I don't mean to poke fun at what happened to her, but it was it was a nightmare. 
Number two, couple stabbed man in the face, bash in his skull and set light to him on Christmas Day in a Kill Bill plot. Okay, Victoria, Australia. It's Christmas Day 2013. But instead of spending the day with his loved ones, William Bill Stevenson pays the ultimate price for keeping poor company at his friends met at at his friends meth addicts Daniel Kerr and Darren Lewis. For, uh, for okay, he I'm sorry, he kept poor company with his friends as as his friends meth addicts Daniel Kerr and Darren Lewis kill him in one of the most violent ways conceivable. Their motive is not entirely clear. The pair drove Stevenson out to bushland and began beating him about the head with a large rock. Care then stabbed the man to death while cracking, while crackling about their Kill Bill plans. The couple then set the car alight, which means they set it afire, and casually walked home. Thankfully, they would both be arrested, charged, and convicted soon after. Again, somebody in the Christmas spirit. Um, unfortunately, he had friends that were crackheads or meth heads, whatever. Same thing. And ended up dying for being nice. And this is sometimes why I think I'm the way I am. I'm just very cautious on who I give rides. I don't give rides. Put it this way. I'm not Uber. You know, I'm not a, not a cab. I don't. If, for me to give you a ride, I've got to like do a background check. For for me to be nice to you is basically a background check. You've got to be vetted, all that stuff. I'm not just gonna be in the Christmas period and give you a ride. Unfortunately, things like this do happen, as you can see. Number three, marvelous teen gang indulge in sickening festive killing spree. Led by Keen, the gang's primary motive was robbery, but things soon got out of hand as. Marvelous Keen, his name is Marvelous, Marvelous Keen grew paranoid about snitches and effectively turned the holiday into hunting season. For his central role in the Christmas killings, Keen would go on to become the 10,000th American convict to be executed since the death penalty was reinstated back in 1976, while his cohorts would receive life sentences. So it didn't go into details of what the killing spree was or what it did, but it just said that this guy went on a killing spree with his mates or his friends whatever number four search for missing bristol woman turns to hunt for her killer joanna yeats disappearance a week before christmas in 2010 made local news in bristol almost immediately soon the search and appeal broadened and her whereabouts were the national interest were aware of national interest on christmas day her body was found in the snow three miles from her home the case achieved notoriety for the media's handling of the first suspect. Joanna's eccentric landlord, Christopher Jeffries, hounded and effectively labeled the murderer without proof. UK tabloids The Mirror and The Sun were later found guilty of contempt of court for their poor coverage. Jeffries was later vindicated when Mrs. Yeats' Dutch neighbor, Vincent Task, was arrested and charged with her murder. Wow. Wow. They convicted her landlord... <laughs> That's not funny, but they convicted her landlord. You know, do you know, man, can you imagine? I don't even want to imagine being convicted for anything, but nevertheless, murder. And and you know you didn't do it? Jesus. The infamous child beauty queen murder that still haunts America more than two decades on. I already know this one. I already know what they're going to talk about, and it's the first name. And everybody should be familiar with this. John Benet Ramsey's Christmas Day. Boxing Day 1996 turned police could never officially ascertain the precise date, but 
It was Christmas Day, caused an enormous storm across America and the wider world. 22 years on and the six, on and the six-year-old's uh, callous killer or killers still have not been identified. True crime buffs the world over have studied and obsessed over the case of the young girl killed apparently during a botched kidnapping. Countless documentaries, movies, books, and articles point fingers, but the mystery's never been solved. Many people accuse JonBenet's parents. Some took to her older brother. Accusations of a stalker are rife, or rife and local child molesters have somewhat understandably been treated uh, with suspicion. In fact, few people in Boulder, Colorado have evaded suspicion. Perhaps the eeriest suspect, though, is Bill McReynolds, a local man hired by the Ramseys to play Santa Claus at a large party held at the rich family's house that year. McReynolds died in 2002, swearing innocence. It's a case that will perhaps never be solved. And I hope that case gets solved. Um, um, I was, I remember I was a lot younger, obviously, when that case happened. 96, I was 16. And um, it was startling to me. I, I followed it a lot. I, I was always into these murder mysteries. I was always into these true crime stuff. And it's it's really, I mean, there's so many variables here. You know, you had a girl that was, you know, you had this beautiful little girl that was a model, which is why, you know, uh, I remember my my uh, my daughter's mom, she was taking these, she put my, she didn't put her in modeling, but she was taking like these model type pictures and it really bothered me and it bothered my, my mother who was like, why is she making her take these pictures as, as a young girl? She was a little girl. She was like, I don't know, she was, I think she was eight at the time. And I was like, look, that's cute, whatever. Don't be taking these. Because the pictures, I didn't, I really, I, was, I didn't approve of them at all. I didn't like them. You know, obviously, I'm not going to tell my daughter I don't like her pictures. But I told the mom, I was like, look, man, I don't know who the photographer is. I don't know who, you know, I, just you got to be careful. You have to be very careful when it comes to things like this. Because, uh, like you said, you know, you had a, you hired a guy who was, who played Santa. And he was a. He was all, all suspect, and there's a rich family. So, it, man, it could have been the parents. I mean, but I don't see any reason why the parents would have killed her. But because they were very rich, it's not like, I mean, if they had like a, uh, a life insurance policy or whatever to get more. I don't know. You just never know. A, a lot of things are motivated by money. Um, could have been her bro. I mean, it could have been anything, man. But just the fact that... It's so hard to solve this crime, just makes it uneasy. And even if you don't know the girl, you know, fathers, just people, like, you don't have to be a parent to sympathize with this. When any murder goes unsolved, it should bother everybody. Number six, transgendered Edinburgh woman stabs neighbor 29 times over Christmas present dispute. Murdered for not liking a gift enough. Well, that was the excuse that 37-year-old Melissa Young gave police when she was arrested for the brutal killing of her next-door neighbor, Alan Williamson, on Christmas Day 2013. Young later claimed diminished responsibility and that mental health issues were behind the sustained attack at the time, though. Her motive was given as rage due to Williamson dismissively rejecting her Christmas present of a pair of unisex trainers and a copy of the Sun newspaper's slightly raunchy 2014 calendar. Young pleaded guilty to culpable homicide in 2014, was sentenced to a minimum of 20, 20 year of a 20-year sentence, 
Since being jailed at the woman's prison, HMP Court in Vail and Sterling, she was seriously assaulted. Uh, uh, she has seriously assaulted two female prison officers, shot two more people who would both survive. Finally, he would do... Wait, she? Okay, so it starts off with she, but then it goes to he. So, okay, transgender. All right, whatever. He would do the same in the Woodline Motor Freight Company, shooting and wounding a woman. He then sat down and waited for police to arrest him. The spree killing rocked the state, but the murders were merely a book into Simmons' evil festive period. Six days previously, previously he had shot and strangled his wife, two sons, and four daughters. My God, man. Oh, my God. His whole family. It doesn't end there either. Simmons then sat in the house among the bodies for four days, leaving only to visit a local bar. On Boxing Day, nine more relatives turned up to the visit Simmons' family, including Ronald Simmons' grandchildren. All were killed. In total, he took 16 people's lives that Christmas. On the 25th of June, 1990, then Arkansas Governor Bill Clinton signed Simmons' execution warrant, and he was killed by lethal injection. So, okay. 37-year-old Melissa Young gave police... Is this the same story? I don't know. Oh, man. Okay, no, this is two different... Okay, this is two different stories. Um, I didn't get the whole thing on that. Oh, I was going to say, this doesn't make any sense. The first one was a transgender woman who killed her neighbor. The second one doesn't have the title, but okay. Number eight was the night before Christmas and fire through the house. Man, these titles... On Christmas Eve 1945 in the city of Fayetteville, West Virginia, West Virginia, a suspicious fire tore through the Sodder family home, George and Jenny Sodder, along with their oldest two sons and oldest and youngest daughters survived. But their five middle children or any of their um but their five middle children or any of their remains were never found. The whereabouts were never determined. Though many locals, amateur sleuths, and true crime fans suggest that an organized crime syndicate may very well have been behind the fire. The Sodders dedicated their lives to trying to find out what happened that Christmas, but died in later life without finding out. I don't understand these, man. Please. The first, number nine, the first and last family photograph the Lawsons would ever have taken. North Carolina tobacco farmer Charles Dave Lawson made his wife Fanny and their seven children put on their Sunday best for Christmas Day morning, 1929, for they were to go into town and have a professional family photograph taken, a rare treat for such a poor family. Later that day, after settling back home, Charles would set about methodically beating and shooting his wife, along with six of the seven children, until they were dead. The child spared the Lawson's eldest, 16-year-old Arthur, who Charles had sent on a needless errand before his vicious massacre. Charles Lawson's motive was never determined. Jesus Christ, that is the scariest thing. This is so random. Nobody would ever see this coming. Mental health, people, mental health. Number 10, a murder so sick and twisted it would disgust even Halloween. Christy Bama was just 15 when he was, was just 15 when he was tortured and drowned in a bath by his own sister, Magalie, and her twisted boyfriend, Eric Bikubi. It was Christmas Day 2010 when the couple finally killed poor Christy. 
when he was tortured, or she, after a sustained and brutal four-day torture session at their flat in New Bern, London. When his body was found, more than 130 separate injuries were counted. The 20-something Congolese couple couple's excuse, they believe Magali's younger brother was a witch. Eric was ordered to serve at least 30 years in prison, while Magali received a minimum of 25 years for the unimaginably horrific killing. That's crazy, man. Number 11, Stagger Lee and the Seasonal Showdown. Lee Shelton was a known criminal and pimp who went by the nickname Stagger Lee, famous now because of the folk song he would inspire. Shelton wasn't the man to be to be trifled with, as William Billy Lyons would discover it to his cost. This murder took place on the Christmas night, 1985, in St. Louis, Missouri. Stagger and Billy were drinking and playing cards together in the Bill Curtis Saloon when... Wouldn't you know it? They got into a dispute. Lyons snatched Stagger Stetson's hat and, well, you've seen Westerns. Stagger Lee drew his gun, shot Lyons dead, and the rest is history. History and a song. Uh, I don't know what song they're talking about. If anybody knows, you'll let me know. Number 12. Last one. The Santa Suit Slaughter. It was Christmas Eve of 2004 in the small city of Covina, just outside of L.A., Parties dominated the neighborhood. 1129 East Knocklehurst Drive had around 25 close friends and family enjoying each other's company. At around 11.30 p.m., a knock at the door. Standing at the other side of the door, Santa Claus. At least, that's what the 8-year-old girl who answered the door thought. But it wasn't St. Nick. It was a man called Bruce Jeffrey Padro. Pardro, the unstable and violent ex-husband of one of the women at the party. He was holding a 9mm pistol in one hand and a flamethrower in the other. He had a... Fr- oh, my God. He had a further three handguns in his possessions. Cruelly and methodically, he went about shooting everyone in his sight before setting a light to the house. Nine people would die and three would be badly injured. Pardo left driving to his brother's house some 30 miles away. He had planned to detonate a series of handmade explosives and then make his escape to Canada but the fire had caused his Santa suit to melt onto him, causing severe third-degree burns. Instead, Pardo decided to put a bullet in his head. We hope we didn't put you off <laughs> put you off your mince pies too much. Merry Christmas, everyone. This is incredible, man. On Christmas Day, a festive day, something that should be, you know, celebrated, becomes horrific for a lot of people. And it's going to continue to happen, folks. It's going to continue to happen. But that's all I have for you. This episode of Conspiracy Fears and Mysteries. As always, don't forget to like and subscribe. Follow me on social media. And I will see you on the next Smoke.